Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here again. It's great to be worshipping together once again. Um, especially, it's a great season we are all in at this moment, looking forward to Easter. Easter is all about how much the Lord has done for us, and that is the reason why me and you, we're here. And as Sarah said in the church family news, please come on Tuesday for our pancake party uh, and come and meet the new youth and children, children worker. And also on Wednesday, is our Ash Wednesday, please come and, yeah, get yourself prepared into, you know, getting ready for Easter, into fasting and praying, and so many things. If you want to know more about fasting and prayer, please go on the church website and see some of our, I mean, listen to some of our past um, topics. Um, now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We thank you because um, every time we come into your presence, we are renewed each time through your word. We are fed through your word and our spirit is empowered through your word. And I pray, God, that you will speak through me today to your people. Amen. We now come to the amazing account of the transfiguration. That's part of what, um, that's uh, the top, I mean, the topic um, Larry just read to us. Now, you see, this part of the Bible, I often read it and just, you know, then go past it. I don't actually sit down to say, God, what are you saying here? I just, you know, I just think as, yes, of course, that is typical of Jesus, you know, to be bright, to be, you know, to be, to be in his full glory. But as I was told that I'll be preaching, I went back to it and I read the three account of the synoptic gospel. That is the book of Matthew, the book of Luke and the book of Mark. And I notice how significant the transfiguration is and its meaning. So what I'm trying to say is, whenever we read the Bible, just don't let us read it for reading's sake. Let us read it and understand it. I used to read it and read over it, but, you know, it's a topic I didn't have time to dwell on, but this time around I, I actually did justice to it. This transfiguration took place on the mountain, and mountain signifies something great in the Bible. This dramatic event marks a major turning point in the gospel narratives. For Jesus, for him, it was the beginning of turning to Jerusalem for his suffering and his death. But before all that takes place, there was this glimpse the disciples, the three disciples witness. 
while reading this topic, I said, God, Jesus, why didn't you go with the 12 disciples? But God knows why. I, I come to understand that there is something about when your heart yearns for something, you grab it. And I feel as if these three disciples, you know, Jesus saw something great in them. Jesus saw something to do with their hearts. And he picked this tree to the mountain. We read in the New Testament that it was because of the glory that was set before Jesus that he was able to endure the cross. The revelation of Christ's glory in this chapter was a clear confirmation to the disciple of the truth whom Jesus is built upon the confession of Peter. But it was also a great encounter or encouragement for Christ himself as he faced the agony that, was, that, that would occur on the hill of Golgotha. In the first account, which Larry read to us, Mark made mention of Jesus' cloth. He says it was dazzling, white, whiter than anyone could, could, could bleach. But the account of Matthew gave us another tune to it, likewise that of Luke. He, now, the book of Matthew made mention of his face shone like the sun, which was not mentioned in the portion Larry read. And his cloth became as white as the light. So he added the face and the cloth. Luke pointed out that this account actually happened after the eighth day, but Mark and Matthew said it happened after the sixth day. Whereas the other gospel said it looks like it took place after the sixth day. Luke said the account took place after the eighth day. Luke tells us that they went on the mountain to pray. Now, Mark didn't say that. And as Jesus was praying, he said that Jesus transfigured, his face changed, and his cloth became white as lightning. Just like Matthew said. Luke tells us that Moses and Elijah also were in the glorious splendor. This we can see in the three accounts of the Synoptic Gospel. They spoke to Jesus about his, his departure. That he was about to be accomplished in, in Jerusalem. But in the book of Mark and Matthew... He didn't tell us what Elijah and Moses were talking to Jesus about. The book of Luke gave us a glimpse into what they were talking about, talking about the suffering of Christ and what he was to encounter. This is the reason why I say, whenever you read the Bible, try and read it with understanding. Try and go over it again. Compare the three synoptic gospel, and get the full, full account of this transfiguration or full account 
of what the Bible is trying to say. Yet, but at the same time, the three synoptic gospels have essentially the same thing. They spoke about Jesus being transfigured. They spoke about Moses and Elijah. And they spoke about the three disciples. Our focus today will be on the remark of the book of Mark. But also interpreting it as I have interpreted it with the other gospel. It is hard to see clearly nowadays while we have never been able to see as much as we would like to see. Today, we are more aware of our inabilities and perceive things as they, they really are. It is hard to see, for example, which reports or posts or which headline paint the most realistic picture of this account. Photoshop is only part of our problem nowadays. Adding the rapid spread of misinformation, the constant potential for hearing false reports, and the incapable biases which color our society today. There is also our desire at times to avoid looking at the truth. And that is just the beginning of all problem. But the three synoptic gospel pointed to the same account of the transfiguration differences of the event of Jesus. Talking about the glory of Jesus and the disciple catching the glimpse of whom Jesus really is on the mountain. The transfiguration revealed the climax identity of the revelation of Jesus Christ. I mean his identity to you and me and to his disciple. It points out to us who Jesus was, who he is, and who Jesus will be. So the transfiguration doesn't only, it's not only limited to the time of the disciple. It is part of our day. It is part of when we die and we will see Jesus in glory. This was the same glory that appeared to Paul on the way to Damascus and changed Paul's life forever. Encanting Jesus transforms us and changes us forever. You can never, you cannot encounter his glory, encountering Jesus and remain the same forever. My prayer today is for us to encounter the glory of his power. Meanwhile, let us dive into what is this transfiguration. According to the English dictionary, the word transfiguration comes from the Latin term trans, which is across, and figura, which is form and shape. It signifies a change of form 
or appearance, a complete change of form and appearance into more beautiful or spiritual state. It simply means it's a state beyond our reasoning. It's a state beautiful and glorious than we could imagine. The three synoptic gospel gave us the full account of Jesus' appearance during the transfiguration. Has, or will I say the book of Mark pointed to his cloth, his brightness. Luke and Matthew pointed to his face. At times, we, we tend to look down rather than looking up to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. This portion of the cloth meant a lot to me and the face. You see, I keep talking about what the three synoptic gospel talks about because when I was reading it, it gave me a different interpretation. You can look at the dazzling cloth, but looking at the face for me is more glorious. And I also want to talk about Peter's account. In Mark 8, 27, Jesus asked his disciple, this is the same Peter and James and John that followed him to the mountain. He said, who do you guys think I am? Or who do people think I am? And Peter replied and said, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Messiah. Now Jesus, in the account of Mark, said, do not reveal this to anyone. However, again, while reading the account of Matthew, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by the flesh, but by the blood and by the Father in heaven. This is found in the book of Matthew 16, 17. At times, despite our declaration, that doesn't mean we may not fail, as we all saw uh, Peter did eventually. But the Holy Spirit, God himself, enlightens Peter's heart to actually identify who Jesus is. And on the mountain of transfiguration, this actually bottled down his point. I mean, it stresses his point that he was actually right. Now cultivating all this, I mean the cultivation of his glory in prayer is crucial. At times there are some revelation that can be revealed to us only in prayer. So if you need to know the deep things of the spirit or what God is saying to you or about your situation. You need to be a man and woman of prayer. Someone who yearns after the heart of God. It is easy to catch a glimpse of Jesus and lose it, just like Peter. You know, if you remember, Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crowed, 
three times, you will deny me. But yet, the Lord sees the heart of Peter and knows that Peter totally loved him. Judas also denied Jesus that he died. Peter also denied Jesus. But his relationship, his finding, his heart, his desire was built in God. I don't know if you are here and you say, oh, I have missed it several times. I want you to know that despite the fact you miss it several times, grace and mercy speak and is still speaking. And he's calling you like Peter and saying, you know, redirect your step and come back to me. You and I can help others to see the light of Jesus as the disciples saw it on the mountain of transfiguration. I am not talking about getting your cloth bleach, like Mark said. Like Mark said. Or it might be time for you and me, you know, to, to change our cloth, actually, because, I mean, I'm talking about our spiritual cloth as we head towards Easter. I am talking about adding extra light into sharing who Jesus truly is to others. People who do not know him or people who's lost their faith. I am also talking about giving your hearers a vision of who Jesus and his divinity truly is. So many of us are asking questions. Jesus, who are you? God, I am going through a tough time. Do you really exist? God, I need this help. Why is it not coming forth? But Jesus wants to have that encounter with you. You see, despite the fact that Jesus in all of his glory transfigured on that mountain, that didn't stop him from going through agony, did he? No. Jesus still died, but he rose. That is the victory in holding fast to your faith. Yes, as human being, you will go through the waters. You will go through fire. You will go through sickness. You will go through death. But as a Christian, that is not the conclusion of our faith. And whatever you're going through can only transform you and make you stronger that you will also be an encouragement to others who come asking you, how did you scale through? You will then become a testimony of Jesus. As Jesus becomes the living testimony, the first that rose from the dead. And his glory even shone more and brighter. And it is shining through you and me today. In the book of Exodus, Moses said to God, God, let me see your glory. 
What did the Bible say? It said, no man see the glory of God and leave. Nevertheless, I'll let you see my back when I'm passing by. And they said, when Moses saw the back of God, he, he, he didn't see the glory. Now, Peter, James, and John saw the glory on the mountain of transfiguration, but they didn't die. But that glory captivates their heart, empowers them, and through their suffering, through their tribulation, carried them through and birthed the gospel that me and you are reading today. That same glory shone on them. And that same glory is shining on us through the word of God, through his power, through cultivating that relationship in the inner place. Intimacy is very important with God. The more you get closer to God, the more you see the fullness of who he is. The more you get closer to his glory, you come to know that death and tribulation and trials are just a stepping stone to your victory. Amen. This vision should clarify for them who Jesus is. This vision was actually a seal for them of who Jesus truly was and is. I also want to touch on Elijah and Moses. You see, these two, these two prophets and teachers, I love them so much. Even though Elijah has, you know, his faults. But when reading this gospel, I was encouraged about the story of Moses. If we all remember in the book of um, Exodus that, Moses died not entering the promised land, isn't it? Isn't it? Thank you. However, where Jesus was talking now is the promised land, isn't it? And all the people of God, the children of Israel, are all there. This is the New Testament we are talking about. And Pete and, and John, I mean, I mean, I mean Moses was told that he wouldn't see the promised land. Moses represents the law. And Jesus is that law, the new law. He said he has not come to abolish the law, but to refine it. He signifies the law of grace and mercy that builds the gap between us and God. That glory of God that Moses couldn't see in those days, we have the benefit of sharing out of it. Sharing out of his glory. Sharing out of whom Jesus is. The word of God is true and is still living and is existing. All you need to do is to believe on it and act by faith. When we trust God, we are not the one working. It is the Holy Spirit that is working through us in the power of the living God. Elijah represents the great, one of the greatest prophets 
and tell me who is the greatest of the greatest. Of course, Jesus is a teacher, he's a prophet, and yet he is God. He stands by the law and he stands by the prophets who have professed his coming beforehand. What a great significance these two men of God represent. I would like to conclude by saying that the transfiguration also brings forth the death which brings about his resurrection. His resurrection helps us to see his, his victory over our enemies, the scene, I mean, I mean scene, and the devil, and all the things we never thought can, we can overcome. And it gives us a vision for a new life in service to God and others. This vision, the transfiguration of who Jesus is and is in us, opens our eyes to the internal life that is ours through Jesus. Our second death, knowing that when we die, we will yet rise in glory with Christ. Knowing that whatever we're going through right now is not the end. This is not the end. It is just the beginning of a better glory. We can only rely and trust that God is forming us into a new people through Jesus Christ. Whatever comes our way, we should learn to trust in his love and his faithfulness that he will see us through. That glory on the Mount of Transfiguration is not only meant for the disciples. It's not meant for Peter, James, and John. It's not meant for Moses and Elijah to see. It's meant for you and me. It's meant, it is, it is, it is a ladder. It is a spiritual ladder at which we climb and we know that one day we will be like him. And we also have the same power that he has. I want to encourage your faith. I don't know the level at which you are. And I don't know the point at which you are. Either spiritually or physically. I don't know the level of your relationship with God. But one thing I do know is this. When you seek his glory, he transforms you. He elevates you. He equips you. He renews you. Though you may never see any changes physically, I want you to know that something is definitely happening in you spiritually. And God is looking for a heart to transform. Jesus is always looking for that man and woman to reveal himself to because he's alive and the world is looking for him. The world is asking, is Jesus really alive? You and me can be an example that he really does exist.
Let us bow our heads and pray. Where you are. I don't know where you are. But Jesus knows where you are. He sees your heart. He sees your mind. He sees your struggle. And he sees that you are asking questions. And he wants to answer that question today. I just want you to talk to God. Talk to God. And say, God... These are my questions, and I need an answer. And I want you to know that he will definitely give you an answer. Why not just talk to him?